Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said to them, Doth this offend you? What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth and makes alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you, that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. Our name, the Unchanging Word, reflects the fact that the eternal Word of God is never changed and never will. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never ends. The Unchanging Word Bible study continues in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, beginning at verse 63. Now, Dr. Mitchell shares with us a brief overview of this chapter and speaks to us of the fact that it is the words of Jesus that are spirit and our life, even if we do not totally understand them at the moment. And this speaks of the power of the Word of God. So, it is well that we take heed to what we hear. The Apostle John records in this passage the response of some of the other disciples of Jesus who found it hard to believe what Jesus had just told them and they stopped following Jesus. But John, who was one of the twelve disciples, he records the words that Peter spoke by divine revelation when Peter said, We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Verse 69. We'll turn with us in God's Word to John chapter 6, verse 63 with our teacher, Dr. Mitchell. It gives me real joy again to come to you. We are now in the Gospel through John chapter 6. And I just trust that you folk who are listening in will be continually reading the Gospel. Never get tired of reading the Word of God. And again, I would urge upon you to read it audibly so that your ear and your eye and your mouth will all testify to the truth that you read. I'm going to read from, from verse 60 of chapter 6. In our last lesson, we were down to about verse 63. But I'd like to read from verse 60. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. This is an offensive saying. Who can hear it? 
When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said to them, Doth this offend you? What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth and makes alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore, and he said, Therefore said I unto you, that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. For he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Now, may I, may I be allowed to do this? I would like to give you a little resume of the chapter so that those of you who have not been listening in may pick up the connection, and it will not hurt those of you who have been listening in to have it over again. I'm convinced in my own mind that we have to hear things over and over and over again before it seems to get a hold of us. And I just do not want you to have an, just an intellectual knowledge of truth. I would like you to have that truth living in your heart. I want it to be living in my heart, and the Spirit of God is the only one who can cause it to live in us, make it a reality. Now, in the chapter, our Lord is, uh, if I may say, I've given the, the heading to the whole chapter, Christ the Bread of Life, which we're doing, by the way, for every chapter in the Gospel through John. Chapter 5, he's Christ the Judge. In chapter 6, he's the Bread of Life. When you come to chapter 7, he's the Heavenly One, and so on. In the first part of the chapter, he manifests himself as the one who takes care of his people. You remember, he fed 5,000 men and women with five loaves and two fishes. And then the next thing, miracle was he stilled the storm. He is manifesting himself as God manifest in the, in the flesh. He did the impossible, he created. And I say that, he took five loaves and two fishes and multiplied them till the feeding of 5,000 with 12 basketfuls left. And then you remember he stilled the storm for his disciples. And by the way, it is only in this, it's only the disciples who are in the storms, and the disciples learn who he is and what he is and what he was in the storm. It's a wonderful thing to know that, Christian friend, if you're in a, a stormy period of your experience on earth, remember the Lord is with you in the storm. He will bring you through the storm and give you peace of heart as well as peace of conscience. This is followed by his great message, I am the bread of life. And there are four aspects of this precious truth of life. The life that he gives is eternal life. It is satisfying life. It is resurrection life. It is indwelling life. That means we're brought into union with the Savior. And I do not mind by any means uh, repeating these precious truths, that when a person accepts the Savior, they receive eternal life. And coupled with that would be the question of resurrection. 
The ultimate of eternal life would be the resurrection of the body, which would make the person complete. For Christ not only died for, for me personally, he died also for my body, that my body may be redeemed. It's what Paul speaks of the fact that we've been sealed until the day of redemption. Oh, our redemption is nearer than when we believed. The body is going to be redeemed. The body is going to be transformed and made eternal. Uh, the corruptible is going to put on incorruption. The mortal shall put on immortality. I repeat again what we have in Thessalonians chapter 5. The God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole being, spirit, soul, body, be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and so on. Now, following this, you have the rejection of our Savior by these Jews to whom he's been speaking. You remember in verse 41, we find that they, they said, they, they murmured, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Uh, in verse 30, what sign showest thou that we might believe? They, they, they will not believe. As you said in verse 36, you've seen me, but you don't believe me. You don't put your heart on me. You're seeking me because of the loaves and the fishes. You're not seeking me for myself. And then you remember they said in verse 42, you're just the son of Joseph and Mary. We know who you are. And then he goes on down through to come down to verse, verse 52. And the Jews therefore strove among themselves. They were, uh, what shall I say? They were arguing among themselves and making a great fuss because he said that he was the bread of life. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Our Lord had said, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, drink his blood, you have no life in you. And in verse 60, this is a hard saying. You, you offend us. Down at verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. I am doing this for a purpose. The reaction of the Jews, it was not that they couldn't believe. They would not believe. And it looks as you read the chapter that they have come to a decision. They have seen his miracles. They have heard his gracious words, but they don't want any part of him. And it's to these people, he said, in verse 44, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And likewise, in verse 65, uh, I say to you, no man can come to me except it were given to him of my Father. He's talking to those who have already made their decision. They want no part of Christ. Is it possible that a person can come to the place that they refuse to have anything to do with the Savior? My friend, I believe it's possible. As Hebrews chapters 3 and 4 inform us that unbelief persisted in leads to hardness. Now, I'm well aware that the Bible teaches us in the Old Testament that the Word of God is a hammer. It can break the hardest hearts. And I'm sure of one thing. If any person, I don't care who they are, if they even turn to the Savior and mean business, God means business. And if that person puts their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sure that the Lord will save them, forgive them every trespass and every sin, Give them eternal life and join that person to himself 
as you have it here in the chapter. Our union with the Savior brings us life eternal, and which is guaranteed by resurrection. As I have said throughout the whole chapter, this life we have is resurrection life. Four times in the chapter, he says this. Now, I'm just as sure of resurrection as I am that Jesus Christ himself was raised from the dead. Now, let me come back to the passage. Remember, these people have turned their back on the Savior. We don't want you. We want no part with you. We don't mind seeing your miracles, but we want nothing of you. You offend us. Now, let's go to verse 61. Doth this offend you, said Jesus? What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? Now, they claim to the fact that our Lord came from heaven. Now, verse 63, it is the spirit that makes alive. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, I'm repeating what I said in the last lesson. I'm going kind to of give you a little resume of the passage because I want you to see that some of these tremendously strong statements of our Savior are made to a people who do not want him personally. They don't mind having their stomachs filled with bread and fish. They don't mind seeing the miracles that he performed. But they want no part with him. He's just, to them, he's just the son of Joseph and Mary. To them, he's just the carpenter of Nazareth. They spurn him in his claims. Why, you make yourself greater than Moses. Yes, Moses gave you manna from heaven. Your fathers did eat of the manna and are dead. They're dead. But the bread of life that I'll give you, it'll be forever. It'll make you live forever. And the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and their life. May I again plead with your heart, my friend. The Bible, the scriptures, is God's communication to you personally, giving to you the revelation of himself, the revelation of the provision he has made for your salvation through Jesus Christ offering himself as a sacrifice for your sins. This is what turned these people against him when Jesus said, I'm going to, the bread that I give will be my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. He's talking about the cross. He's going to die that you might live. He's going to bear your sins that you might be free, that you might be forgiven, that you might have a divine pardon, that you might have a life over which death doesn't even cast a shadow. And the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they're life. One of the reasons why people today are not experiencing that intimate fellowship with God, the reason why they're not experiencing the truth of God and to know the truth of God is because it has never got a hold of their hearts that the words of Jesus are life. They are spirit and they're life. When you read your Bible, you're not reading a common book. You know, it's an amazing thing. One can spend a whole lifetime in the Bible and yet never begin to plumb the depths of the truth, the living truth that's in the Word of God. You can take the philosophies of men or the writings of men and you can, and you can master their books in a certain spe period of time. But never the Word of God. There never has been a man walked the face of the earth except our Savior who knows the full content 
and the depths and the wonder of the word of God. Nor, nor do any, nor does any Christian on the face of the earth know to the full the power of the word of God in one's life. This book will keep you, as John Bunyan used to say, this book will keep you from sin, and sin will keep you from this book. Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and their life. And I can't help but quote also chapter 12 of John, verse 48, when Jesus said to his enemies, I do not need to judge you. The word which I have spoken unto you, the same shall judge you in the last day. Take heed then to the word of God. I just suggest that to you. Jesus said, for some of you that believe not, for he knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. He said, therefore, said I unto you, no man can come to me except were given to him of my father. Now, verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. These were just followers of Jesus. They followed him to see the spectacular. I've said this so much, but I want to get in your heart. They had no place, no room, no love for the Savior. And there are people today who are looking for the spectacular. They're occupied with experiences. And I'm not opposed to experiences. Don't misunderstand me. But if that's the goal, my friend, you're missing it. Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ, ought to be the center of attraction, ought to be the object of your love, ought to be the one in whom you place your faith. From that time forth, many of his disciples went back and they walked no more with him. You see, there's a separation taking place. Now, verse 67 to the end of the chapter. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Are you going to leave me too? Are you going to go away? Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Yes, I have chosen, have, have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. And here you have where our Lord manifested omniscience. Notice what he did. He manifested or he revealed the fact that he came from heaven. Then he manifested his omniscience in that he, he knew what was in man. And now again he manifests his omniscience. He knows everything. He knew who should betray him. And he said here, I've chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil. That is, he's in relationship with Satan. Now let me come back to Peter. Jesus said, are you fellas going to leave me too? Peter said, Lord, where can we go? Where can we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, what a contrast. All through the chapter, uh, you've had these Jews, these, these many, many Jews following him. Give us a sign. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Greater than Moses? What do you make of yourself? Saying you're the bread of life. And they, had, and they made a great fuss about it among themselves. They wouldn't believe on him. They said, you, you, you offend us with the statements you make. Why, you're making claim to deity. And from that time forth, many of his disciples walked no more with him. To the twelve, he said, are you going to leave me too? 
Now may I go back to Matthew 16? When our Lord came down from north of Galilee, from Caesarea Philippi, he turned to his disciples and said, What are people saying about me? And they said, Well, some say you're John the Baptist, risen from the dead. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're one of the prophets. Well, what do you think? And people gave that memorable answer, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And the answer of our Savior was, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father who is in heaven. The answer by revelation, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. My friend, a great many people say that Jesus Christ was just a teacher, a good teacher, a great teacher. Some say he lived ahead of his time. Some say he was a prophet. Some say he was more than a prophet. What do you say? What do you say? Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Thou alone hast the words of eternal life. We believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. The answer by revelation. Do you remember Matthew chapter 11, 25? I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent, and you have revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, it seemed good in your sight. And he goes on to say, No man knoweth the Father, save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Do you want to know God? Do you want to come into relationship with God? Do you want to have life eternal? The Lord says, you've got to come to me. That's why in John 14, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And friend, I want to tell you very frankly, your attitude or the place you give Jesus Christ will determine your eternal destination. You see, now you're getting dogmatic. Well, wide is the road that leads to destruction, and many there be on that road. Narrow is the way that leads to life. And Jesus said, I am the way. No man cometh to the Father but by me. My friend, Jesus said that. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and their life. And your acceptance or rejection of Christ will determine your eternal destiny. Not how good you are or how bad you are. Not how religious you are or how irreligious you are. Your relationship to Jesus Christ determines your eternal destiny. The Jews left him. It's a hard saying who can receive it. From that time forth, many of his disciples walked no more with him. Turn to the twelve. Will you also go away? Friend, what about you? What are you going to say? What are you going to say? Are you going to turn away from him? Or will you, just in simple faith, accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior? And I guarantee to you that the moment you accept him, you'll receive eternal life. Peter said, thou hast the words of eternal life. What had Jesus said? My words, they are spirit and they're life. Friend, 
I plead with your heart today to put your trust in Jesus Christ, God's Son, as your own personal Savior. I guarantee to you not only forgiveness, not only life eternal, but resurrection life, a union with the eternal Son of God himself. And the Lord bless you today, and may you rejoice in him, the one who is a complete, perfect Savior. And the Lord bless you. Savior is waiting to enter your heart. Why don't you let him come in? There's nothing in this world to keep you apart. What is your answer to him? Time after time he has waited before, and now he is waiting again to see if you're willing to open the door. Oh, how he wants Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study today. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.